Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Again, and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. Yes, we split Sunday's live radio show into two parts. So this is the second part we're bringing you now. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, you will know this is episode 274. In this part, we're going to talk Canadian PL, TSS Rovers, bring you BC Soccer Web headlines and wavelength. We'll bring you interviews with Calgary Foothills head coach and soon-to-be Cavalry FC GM and soon-to-be head coach Tommy Bilden Jr. And Will Cromack from TSS Rover celebrating their Juan de Fuca Cup victory on Sunday. Thanks for listening to another episode from us. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenhammer. Stay tuned. There's a lot to come. This is going to be a big download for everyone this week. Part four, though, is about Canada. We're going to talk a little bit about TSS and then Canadian Premier League in BC. And then in part five, we're going to have a chat with somebody in the Canadian Premier League, Tommy Fielding Jr. But we want to kick this part off with talking about TSS Rovers. Too hot to stop. They are so That was a song of the title, but it fits with TSS right now. We are top the league. Say, we are top the league. Two fantastic wins for TSS Friday night. They came, they saw, they lost Calgary Foothills. A team getting ready for the Canadian Premier League. The floor was wiped with them. Yes, maybe Foothills should have won by about 5 or 6-2. But... (laughs) Can we talk about that game for a second? Okay, Calgary dominated the game. It was a Vancouver game. Calgary, the away team team dominated the game and the possession. And the home Vancouver side scored two goals on the counter. Uh, The first... Colin Miller's been tracked to you can totally hang on the what is it brother of the coach? Yes. Yeah, that was he. That was he made a hash of that and let uh, Daniel Sagno Sagno go in alone and score. But Tommy but Gardner, Tommy with a great Gardner's yeah. build up play that yeah, was but, beautiful. No, the build up. Yeah, I agree with you. That was nice. But that ball over the top should have been cleared. Should have been handled. Oh, yeah, should have totally. been dealt with. No problem. But and Daniel Sagno was with great composure. Whiffed on and then he collapsed. <laughs> Good finish. Whatever. The second goal. Is on. It was a good initial good save from from Mar- from Marco, but he spilled the second shot or spilled yep. the rebound or whatever. And uh, I was hanging out with him and and Daniel after, and he was telling Daniel how fortunate he was, yes. and Daniel <laughs> was, was and Daniel was uh, not having any of it. Um, <laughs> Quite but, right. But uh, both of those, both so it, it felt more like a fortunate victory. My one of my favorite moments of the match though was the Calgary goal. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was sitting here oh, with man, Steve. I thought you were going to mention that. I, I was sitting there with Steve in the, the grandstand, and Steve's like, oh, this is awesome. You don't need a wall. This guy's been awful all game. He has he had been awful. <laughs> number, off- number nine for uh, Calgary. Oh, yeah. Danto, yeah. yeah. He should he have just, been sent off, though, for slapping DeGraff in the first half. Oh, he got booked for it. There you go. Oh, hand, yeah. to, hand to face is uh Var, Var would have called that. He yeah. was so, face to hand. <laughs> so yes. Steve, so Steve's, so we're, Steve, Steve's just like, oh, you don't need a wall. Get the wall out of the way. I was worried about this the cars. Is, yeah, he's like, yeah. everyone should be worried George. about their cars right now. <laughs> Someone's going to lose a window or something or whatever. And then I, what did I say to you, Steve? I said, like, Well, you just screamed in my ear when he's going. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. It was yeah. fun. Yeah. But yet, 2 1 Mel went for TSS on Friday night, gave them more points after five matches than all of last season. Move them into joint first place with Calgary, but second on, on goal difference. Yeah. Top two teams go through to the postseason playoffs. So in some way, it was good to set the bar low last year? Yes. Yeah, there you go. Today, though, Sunday, the first silverware has been hoisted by TSS Rovers. They have won their first Juan de Fuca plate. Congratulations. I was trying to think of the best way, go. like what accent to say Juan de Fuca. I was trying to figure out... <laughs> With Caitlin, we went with the Jamaica, the wonderful plate, man. But I thought Joe Deasy here with a wonderful plate would just be fantastic. I, I thought it was a great game. Um, I, uh, this one, TSS just took it to Victoria. Oh, yeah. Victoria was That was their three at the ragged. back. Yeah. We were talking about yeah. it. it was like they were just horrendous. run ragged and they could they had no response for Calgary at all. Yeah. Well, uh, for, I, for I didn't get to TSS. see the match because I had other things I had to do today, but. It showed some of the depth in the squad, but with the fact that you were talking about they rotated so many players and still were able to put in a performance that that, that good the depth. result. Yeah, totally. Good squad rotation. Now, we were going to bring you a Marco Carducci interview in this bit of the show, but I'm oh, going to bump, bump him. Steve. Yeah, well, I, yeah. Get, I get bumped regularly, I'm, so I'm sorry, Marco. going to bump him to next week's show, so we'll have Marco Carducci on next week's show. I was also going to bring uh, some chat that we had with Will Cromack as well, but we are overrunning, so I think I'll save that for the podcast, Steve. So, okay. so if you listen to this on the podcast, we'll play Will Cromack for you now. So, Will, a fantastic afternoon. Your first piece of silverware for the TSS Rovers. First of all, talk talk about what it means to you to, to win the Van de Fuca plate. Well, I, I just don't think people understand, you know, from where we come from, having built a, you know, a tiny little club. Uh, we've gone out of our way to spend every dime we have to put a club together into this area. And now, you know, to, to have us get over the hump and start getting a few wins and, and actually see something happen and growing, I mean, that's the most important thing for us. Uh, the reality is uh, when we win a trophy or we win a, a Wanda a few complete, more people pay attention to our players. And at the end of the day, our trophy will be those guys making the next grade and some of them already starting to deserve it. Now, performance-wise today, first half, I mean, you came out, you could easily had three, four goals in that first half. You looked rampant out there. And then that must please you, but also the game management in the second half. I know you gave up one in stoppage yep. time, but the, the game management from the guys in the second half was tremendous. Yeah, I, I would say we looked like we'd turned over you know, 10, 11 guys on the roster, um, but we'd, we'd really worked on you know, making sure our hold-up play was good, but moved quickly. I think we can build more effectively out of the back, but yeah, absolutely, we, we could have scored three or four on the, on the break, and um, in the end, that, that was sort of what we thought we could do, um, and it worked. 
and that's fantastic. I, I think at the end, you know, we, we turn over six subs. Uh, we put in a whole brand new roster, a bunch of guys that, you know, think they deserve to start against, um, you know, in the next game. And now, now we got a real headache on our hand because yeah, we have a whole bunch of guys that actually, uh, yeah. you know, can play. That, well, that's the thing. Like last year, you had so many injuries, so yeah. you, you couldn't have this. But now, I mean, we, we talked about it in the commentary. It looks like you definitely could put out two different starting elevens there, and they're both really competitive. Because a lot of folk yep. would have looked at that and thought, why are you making so many changes when there's so much on the line? But you you did so well, and the, the, the team is a big headache for you now. Yep. Well, and I think. You know, we, we take our information from the top leagues on the planet and from the coaching courses and the thoughts on that. And the realities are every three games, very, you know, every three days, very, very difficult for teams anywhere on the planet to play. So, you know, we're looking to have the freshest lineup. Um, and in this case, we have a whole whack load of players that can play. Right? And so we felt like we could do it. We were nervous ourselves, having done it now twice. Um, but, you know, results are there, right? They've gotten a win on the road against Island. They got a win here. They've won the one to few complete for the club. Um, we can interchange a lot of pieces, and we've kept our lineup uh, injury-free and fresh. So fantastic. Just last couple of things. Zach Verhoeven got, got the two goals today, and I mean, for, with so much competition, especially out in that left wing, that's what you're wanting to see from these guys. That they're going to come in and say, "Look, I need to go and perform. Yep. I need to show that I get these minutes." So you must be so happy with how Zach played. Well, listen, you know, Premier Development League, the idea is to learn in training, immensely learn, learn lots in training. Uh, competition is a big learning environment, right? You have to win your place to then win a place on the lineup, and when you take your opportunities, it makes us have to think two, three, four times about what to do, right? So for me, um, Zach's done very, very well. He's done better on the defensive side as well, which is what you know coaches at the higher end want to see as well. And for me, top performance in his 70 minutes. And there's been a lot of firsts so far this season. First win on the road, first points on the road. I jinxed the, the first clean sheet, Paul Pearson <laughs> up there said as a goalkeeping coach, Damn you do you. not say that's that. twice in a row, yeah, two you, do, you don't say that in the broadcast, so I, I'm, that's my fault, I'll, I'll, I'll take the blame from Mario for that one. But the big first is you're in first place still with Calgary, they, they beat Seattle this afternoon, you've got Seattle coming here next Sunday, yep. I know you don't want to look too far ahead. But that game next Sunday is now massive because that can give you some gap over the, the Sounders heading into the end of the year. Yeah, I think, I think again, you know, we always bring it back to what can our players get from it. And the reality is there's a different mindset that needs to be learned, a culture that has to come about being in top place and defending that and then still being brave enough to go forward. So for us, uh, we'll take it game to game like, you know, like so many other environments do, but the reality is our players have to learn what it's like to manage the last 10 minutes to, to go out there and, and now be a top squad. You know, people are gunning for us now, so that's different than it was last year, wasn't it? So it's great. Fantastic. Love that's it. fantastic. Congratulations on the win, congratulations on the play, and we'll see you next weekend. And that was Will Cromack there. Really just, excited to win the Fonda yeah, Fuka plate. so excited to win the Fonda Fuka plate and how the, how the team has done. So well done to TSS. They're at home next Sunday. It's another late Sunday thing and then we have to come up to the studio. I'm amazed I've got any voice. The smoke was going crazy in the post-game celebrations. Was, Check uh, out the Instagram soccer. It sounded like it was invading the uh, broadcast. It was. <laughs> and the second half, all we could smell was smoke at one point. You do have to be a little careful there because the city of... 
I may have heard that the city of Burnaby likes to charge if you if you damage anything with any. Well, I, th- I think my I think my favourite bit in the the post game smoke celebrations was one of the guys had a a flare going off, and the goalkeeper Mario Gergis just took him off it and was running about with it, and he's shouting after him, "If you get injured, I'm not responsible for this." <laughs> but anyway, well done to TSS Rovers. Try and get out next Sunday. Seattle are coming to town. And if the Rovers can win that, they've put a big gap between themselves and Seattle, which for the the playoffs, looking at that down the road, that could be massive. But we want to turn our attention now for the rest of this part and the next part to the Canadian Premier League. We've talked a lot about it in the last couple of weeks, and we're going to be doing that for the the next few weeks as well. We've got a really good interview coming up next week. It's a surprise. I, I won't spoil who that's going to be, but you don't want to miss that. What I would say is... It's been a mixed week for Canadian Premier League and the teams in BC. Good news, Victoria looks like they're going to have a team that's going to be in. The bad news, it looks like Fraser Valley are not going to be in for 2019. They might be in for 2020. So, a bit of good, bit of bad. Quick initial feelings on that. I know you've been heavily involved with the supporter side of the Fraser Valley bid. I'm assuming you're happy for Victoria, but you're just a little bit sad at how things have worked out here. Yeah, I'm a, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it is understatement, a, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, this has not not been the greatest year <laughs> uh, when you think about how Vancouver won't be hosting the, the World Cup, and uh, now uh, the communities in which I kind of dwell, have dwelt in for the, the last number of years is not going to be in the inaugural roster of uh, Canadian Premier League teams so that's a little disappointing Th- that's but the big disappointment for me that we don't have our lower mainland team in from the start yeah yeah. so uh, I mean yeah that's one but at the same time you'll learn right like you, you look at you look, I mean if you want to look at MLS and look at how all the teams as they've come in learn from the teams that have gone ahead from them and, yep. and try and not make some of the same mistakes Tampa Bay Rowdies <laughs> from MLS Oh, I was thinking, but they in the, the CSL? Emma, they were never in M- Oh, who was the Tampa Bay team? I can't remember now. Tampa oh, Bay Mutiny. Mutiny. Mutiny, that's, yeah, right. that's right. The Metro Stars, too. Yeah, they're sort of still, they're still around in spirit, apparently. I still say they failed. Yeah. Because <laughs> they became the Red Bulls. <laughs> yeah. I I would tend to agree with you. But no, so there is that sense of disappointment. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right. In one sense, it's like, okay, there's still going to be a team in BC. And uh, if, you know, all those, the Georgia Strait supporters and all those people can make a trip to, to Vancouver uh, to support a, a BC club, uh, I think there'll be a number of people from the, the lower mainland area doing likewise, going to support the, the Canadian Premier League in Victoria. I'm delighted for the Victoria fans. It's like yep. they, they deserve it. And I like Langford Stadium. I think it's a great little setup that they've got there. I was there for Provincial Cup Finals a, a couple of seasons ago. It's a little bit out of the way. And it is a bit of a trek from the ferry. Yep. Before we get more into the Fraser Valley side of things, I was going to do that first, but we'll, we'll look at the Victoria thing first. It's not a guarantee still. It's a conditional. That is yeah. the thing. It's a yeah. conditional offer. There was a, an article that was in, was it the Times Colonist? Or was yeah, it, I think it was Times Colonist. Um, just yesterday or the day before. Kind of bringing us up to a little bit date, to date with it. Initially... The management team or the ownership group have been given a May 31st deadline to sort out the issue. And the issue is there's BC hydropoles that would need to be moved to be able to extend and build the second grandstand that they need to do. They've now extended a deadline till June 13th to get this sorted out, which is not long to go. And 
if you're looking at it just now, there's a, a capacity at Langford of 1,718. Yeah. They need to get it up to 8,000. So they have to do that by building another grandstand. The stand that they've got just now is great because it's got executive boxes in it and it's used for the rugby and you can stand around the side and that's all great. What they've suggested to BC Hydro is the short-term plan is to build a stand around the hydro pole so they won't have access to it and then they can get moved later. Yeah, I see some issues with that, but if that's going to make this go ahead, then that's going to be fantastic. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of elements at play here, right? Like one is the the league itself needs to be a coast-to-coast league. So, yeah. Well, so, it certainly is now. Well, so yeah, with the fact that there was... Baffin Island, is that still part of Canada? So the fact that uh, there's not going to be a team in the lower mainland, which we'll talk about more in a second, um, the, uh, there needs to be a team somewhere somewhere here. And this is this uh, this was, I think, always on the long-term agenda of the, of the CPL, to have multiple teams in, in BC. And maybe we'll talk about that a, l- a little bit more later. So I think they're going to do everything they can to get it done. There are a, a number of things. Like this was obviously, this was not one of the places that they were originally going to go to, uh, but it was one they wanted to, right? Yes. So like, for example... Part of the whole process of this, as you if you followed it on social media or whatever, is that the the CPL has a did focus groups in all the in all the cities that are looking to be a part of year one. So if you go and look at there's certain people, you go and look at their their social media, you can see they're like, hey, I'm in Halifax, hey, I'm in Calgary, hey, I'm in all these places. So that would never happened in in Calgary. So they have literally just done that. Uh, in, in Victoria. In Victoria. So yesterday, yesterday they did that. They met with some locals. They sat down. And I, yeah, I saw Pete Shad had gone over. Yeah. So the, Pete Shad, who's the CPL storyteller, uh, brand, I don't know if it's branding guy, whatever. Like, I like the name storyteller. I think that's a great name. I like the name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so he, I, yeah, you saw him. Uh, you saw him on a social media talk about being in Victoria. So he was, he was there. And I heard from, I heard from actually multiple people on both sides of the conversation yesterday, the supporters and the people from the CPL who felt like it was a really good meeting and a really helpful meeting and will really help move things forward, which is really encouraging. Um, there are there are some awkward things. There's a couple of awkward things in particular. That are not just hydro poles. No. Well, well, well one, before we get to yours, where does this leave Highlanders that's, FC? Is that's, one of, that's the number one. One of my big ones because they're not part of the ownership group that's been announced, but... On June 1st, the timing was immaculate for them. They announced three new owners to yeah. their ownership team. Yeah, that was uh, no accident, I don't. Th- I, I believe, right? This was their... Yeah. their to show we're still here. The show we're still here. We're not, we're not a part of this. We're not going to be a part of this. They need to get out of Centennial Stadium then. If they, they need to be downtown. They need to get back into to Rap or wherever they can get or something. Because if they stay out there, I, I fear for their future. Oh, yeah. And they're just coming back from already having taken hiatus. Like yes. there's there's big big concerns. And there. you have to remember they do so much in youth soccer. They've got yeah. the women's team. There's the Mid Isle Highlanders. And if they if they can maybe have some kind of partnership with the Victoria CPL yeah. team, I'm hoping a reserve the team. team. Or yeah. and how many games are in the PDL again? Like 14. 14. And a home game seven. Yeah, right? and you have to remember as well, like. If you look at the TSS roster, I've spoken to a lot of these guys and we've talked about the Canadian PL, but so many of them want to finish college. Yeah. So they need somewhere to play. 
So the Highlanders it, it, makes total sense like, for these guys that they might be CPL want to come to Victoria in a couple of years, but they need somebody to play this summer while they're still. Now, what, what, why don't they do like? And this is just spitballing. Well, how, what if they do like a combo package where you buy a season ticket for that, one that team nice. and you get a season ticket, and they make sure they don't schedule on the same day? Double headers, yeah. maybe. Yeah, but it, that release on Friday leads me to believe. Yeah. That, that there's a bit of a battle happening there, which is un- very, very unfortunate. I could see it happening, though. It's probably caught the Highlanders maybe a little bit by surprise. I know. I don't, no, I'm, no, I'm sure they knew. Well, I'm sure the, they heard whispers. The, high, the Highlanders, talking to their people a number of weeks ago, they were like, they, they were like open. That, yeah, we've had conversations with, the, well, with people, yeah, people from yeah. the Canadian Premier League. I had a chat with one of the, the owners briefly, and yeah, yeah, he was interested, but not as quick as this. Well, and... And I, the fact that there are other people involved, I think, is probably. I think the Highlanders, like, like the biggest, like we've uh, we maybe talked about in the past. We've been talking about a little bit, Michael, in a different kind of way recently. It feels like the Highlanders. The situation there is the same that we struggle with across the country. They like this is our ball, and we want to keep it, and we yeah. want to run the show. And someone else is coming in who says, yep. "This is how it needs to be." It, it's natural to have self interest. Yes. And I, I can't fault them for that. And they have been the team on the island. So now to have this other team coming in, I would feel slighted if I was part of it, the, the Highlanders. It is understandable. Yeah. But you also look at you also have to look at track record. Yeah, lo- what, also long term as well. You yes. have to think of the best of the game. Exactly. It's all about all these people working together, putting their differences aside. Now, we don't know what the ownership group's going to say to the Highlanders, for, for one thing. But that brings me to the big elephant in the room. We talked... My name is Steve. <laughs> Sorry, this brings me to Steve in the room. We, we talked last week that everything that we were hearing was that Fraser Valley wasn't happening in 2019, Victoria was. Didn't foresee the announcement being at the end of that week, but it, w- it was great that we mentioned that and then this happened. I had always been under the impression that it was two separate ownership groups, but the announcement was that the team which was involved with the Fraser Valley, Rob Friend and Dean Shillington, have combined, or maybe not combined, maybe it was always the thing, with Josh Simpson, and that is who the ownership group in Victoria is. Now, that did surprise me, because I thought we were talking about two separate groups here. Is Was that your understanding as well, or were you a little bit surprised, or can you not really say too much? Uh, yeah, maybe we'll talk about that in the future. Okay, uh, with some other stuff. Maybe we have, next week. Maybe next week. No, I, I think, I think. Well, yeah, it was when you look when you go back and if you just piece together things from the social media, it's not. This is not a hard puzzle to figure out in terms of you know the announcements made by Canadian Soccer and the Canadian Premier League. Rob and Dean were at these things. All yeah. that, all that kind of stuff. You knew that they were involved. Everyone knew. Everyone's yeah, known it, for over a year now. Yeah. I mean, these we, were, we didn't talk about it out of respect yeah. because they didn't want to go public. They felt they had better leverage in doing the negotiations, not in the public thing. And to be honest, they don't owe anyone anything to come out and tell everyone their plans. No. And be, if, if be, they felt this was the best way to get what they needed is to, to kind of be under the radar. And one of the reasons... Radio I, silence. One of the reasons I would assume for that is exactly what you talked about with the Highlanders. When you have someone yeah. else who's in the neighbourhood... Who may not like what you want to do? I wonder who that might be. You, you, is it? Does it make sense to broadcast everything you're wanting to do? 
so that they can oppose it? Or do you, do you go about it in what you think is the best way and, and therefore not everyone is in on what's happening? Yeah. Now, right? Now, so, could, could it be that the this ownership group, they maybe they're, they're kind of combining to alleviate the strain for that first year and then whenever the Fraser Valley comes in, that the they, team, could, they can have an agreement where they split teams. up and then they go. They always said it wasn't launching with less than six teams. Yeah. So if, you've, if you're losing one of your eight announced teams because – you can't get a stadium yeah. in the Fraser no, Valley. No, I, I think it's safe to 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 guess that the, uh, safe safe to say that Victoria is taking the spot of Fraser of Fraser. Oh yeah. no, yeah, yeah. for not, now, that's yeah, not, for that, now, yeah. That's yeah. not what I'm meaning. It's like if do you, like what I think what Steve was getting at is did the owners think we need to get a BC team in 2019? Or is it going to launch with seven teams? Because we've oh, announced yeah. Port City. So maybe they're BC. helping out. Uh, maybe the and Simpson is that group? why? We have to assume Port City was so vague because was this always a backup plan if the stadium issue did fall through out okay, in the okay. Fraser Valley that they would go to the island? Can we talk about the name for a second? Yeah. Okay, let's, let's talk about the name. The, na- the name. the name Port City FC, which was trademarked, is you can look at it one of two ways. And there's different perspectives on this even within, I think, C- the CPL circles. But basically, it was a name that came out of the focus group. As here, if the stadium, especially if the stadium's in in Surrey, in one of these locations where it's near this Water. port port yeah, thing, docks. yeah, thing that I don't fully know all about the history of, but I've been heard of a bunch of it. But if it's, it's in that Google Maps. If, if it's in that location, then this is a name that fits really well. So this is one of the reasons why it was trademarked. Now, what you're going to see, uh, I don't think we've seen it yet, um, but what, you, what you're going to see, I think, uh, is with um, or you've already kind of seen like. Uh, all, all things that get trademarked don't get used, right? Oh, yeah. It, it, so it could still be used if there ever is a team in Surrey. That yeah. name could still be like, used. I've trademarked Twatface, and it's, I've not yeah. done anything with this, that. This but also, who knows? This Port City thing could be a supporter's name that they think of down the road. And maybe a supporter's group wants to use this as a name. So, no. No, I'm no. just saying. I know you're not. No, no, no. no. You don't have to. I'm, I'm just I'm just saying that's not where it came from. Can, yeah. can I just throw out the name I came up with for the Victoria team? The Salish Seamen. I know. It's, it's, it's hard to swallow. But bear with me. I just think it would be, you're tying in with a nautical connection. It, it would just be great. Chris would love that. Team full of spunk. So, uh, so anyway, so the, that the, the name was a leg, is a legitimate option if there's a team in the Fraser Valley. It also might not be a, t- a name that's used if there's if yeah. and when there's a team in the Fraser. In the Fraser well, Valley. let's look at the thing that killed things for 2019. Yeah, the, the inability <laughs> to get. Land and in a lot of ways. Well, no, it's not a land; it's a stadium. Well, state stadium, but yeah. you, you well, need, you need land stadium. to build a stadium. Yeah, but on. you don't. You don't have to own the land. No, no. but you still yeah. need some land that someone's willing to give up. Yeah, and that's the thing in in BC in the Lower Mainland. It's hard to get real estate. Is like cha-ching, tough. Cha-ching. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, to have a to have a Canadian Premier League team, the, the thing you need first is a stadium. You need a place where you're going to play, and so that that and that's one of the reasons why I think we didn't hear more about the Fraser yeah. Valley stuff is because until the stadium was done, things couldn't move forward. Yeah, and so I, ultimately, it appears that and, the stadium couldn't get done in the way that they had hoped. And I know Zach, you're gonna, probably going to have issues with what I'm about to say, but. This hasn't been the first time where a team, especially a lower league team or, or a, a different league, is having issues with getting a stadium built yeah. online in BC. The Whitecaps initially wanted to go build on the waterfront. That didn't happen. WFC, T2, where they go? New Westminster, Port Coquitlam, Port Moody. Anywhere. Newton. <laughs> uh, and then they ended up at UBC because they have an agreement yeah. with, the, the, with the training facility. there's no team. Yeah, now there's no team. So it's not the first time where there's no. been a stadium issue with a football no, team. I mean, it's true. It's understandable. It's disappointing. 
we talked about it on last week's show, and I know you weren't weren't here, Zach. And I can't remember what I said, but a, a few people seem to pick up what I said wrong when I talked about that. One of the stumbling blocks was that the the ownership group had wanted the city to pay for the stadium stuff. It was the renovation of the land is what they were looking for. They had that was what they were looking the prep of the land. I believe is what I meant to say, but. Folk thought I meant that they were wanting the city to basically give gift them the land. No, that, that wasn't. No, no, what no. I meant. Yeah. There was there was no gifting yeah. of land. If, if that's what yeah. was hinted at from what I said, I, yeah. I didn't mean that. It was the prep. They were wanting the cities, Langley or Surrey, uh, and, to prep. And the, you know the what? Areas. I I didn't ask enough. I didn't ask people about that specific element of it. But I do know. Yeah, that this was not a give us the land forever. Yeah. kind of kind of kind of situation. From, I mean, from what I understand, I, I know from a supporters' perspective, you've had so many meetings with different folk in the area. I know you're limited as to some things that you can say just now, but is there anything you want to say that we haven't talked about just before we wrap this bit up? No, so so there were people like yourself, Michael. We, we've talked both maybe a little bit on air and definitely off air yeah. about about okay, how do you how do you get this done? Yeah. Well, you you make a lot of noise. Yeah. So the, the the approach was one thing for this period of time in the Fraser Valley, and I think there will be a shift in approach at least from the the supporter side of things. So where that's good. So so look, I, I get why they didn't want to go public, and like I say, said it a few minutes ago, they, they don't owe us anything to go public. But you see how things work with these cities, and it's who can shout the loudest. And there's always going to be folk that object to it. Yep. So you have to get out there. But when there's just talk, there's going to be a stadium. Yeah, you're always right away. The objectors are going to be out there. Yeah. So like Halifax is a good example. Yes. Of how they yeah. handled things. So I just felt that putting pressure on the city, right, and maybe to City Hall, yeah. uh, having meetings, various things to to say, look, we're we want a team here. It's going to be good for the community. This isn't just about football. This is for the community. Yeah, and there's an election year in some of those communities. That that <laughs> always makes it tricky, just at the best of times, though. But that, people that can, don't want to think that can, that that can hinder that's, that's what happened WFC 2 yeah. that, that happened in oh, election years WFC 2 exactly. that's the whole reason why they didn't end up in New West yeah. you're right so yeah that can hinder that can help like the Look! Look on the. Look, if you look on the Fraser Valley CPL stuff, there'll be there'll be information on uh, on how you can be involved in a in a uh, more visual uh, kind of campaign to help bring a, a, a CPL side to to the area. And I believe there's going to be some World Cup meetings, possibly, or yeah, just I getting think, folk together, like-minded people. I think it's June 16th is going to be the first one. We'll we'll, we'll put it out next yeah, week. Or I'll, I'll be away on holiday that day, but good luck to it. <laughs> just to wrap this section up, a couple of tweets we've got in from Rituro, at that Rituro guy on Twitter, Vancouver Highlanders commentator. He was at the game today. I was really wanting to chant at him from the, the commentary box you came all this way just to lose just to lose why didn't you but I'll, I'll do it now <laughs> i didn't think it was professional on air although i've just done it on air again but anyway um he says read the can pl there have been unofficial musings about a shuttle service that will take people from downtown to langford similar to what existed during the highlanders incarnation the first time around yeah. and that would alleviate the pain of travel somewhat that has to be a must yeah. because for me like even going to the Highlanders at UVic was a if you don't go over or you've got your own transport it's a pain. He also says that the name I suggested for the new Victoria team is horrible and I should feel bad. What was it again? The Salish Sea. Oh shoot! Yeah, sorry. That can be the supporters I, group. I totally forgot. <laughs> I'm just spitting at you there. Um. Anyway, that is it for for this part. But we're going to be back with more Canadian PL chat after this. Hi, I'm Alfonso Davies, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. 
Nelly Furtado there, Victoria's own. Yeah, born or bred. Well, Tur- I know bred. Yeah, maybe. I Turning can't remember when she to Toronto. Hopefully the lights aren't turned off in Fraser Valley for too long. We'll see. But you're back listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio. We're going to continue the Canadian PL talk just now. And we know Victoria look like they are in, pending poles and hydro things. Where, where does this... This kind of where do we see the league going? We we, we know that Cavalry FC are in. We talk, asked what's going to happen with the Highlanders. They've got Calgary Foothills. The plan seems to be to keep Foothills around, not have them as a feeder club as such, but to give the the players an opportunity to play and be in the shop window. And you've got the youth academies and stuff feeding into Cavalry as well. Well, yeah, and I know Tommy's going to talk about this in, in, as, yeah. in your interview, but the. This is one of the issues, again, with, with Highlanders on the island, with, with Foothills, with some of the other PDL sides in Canada, is the CSA has said they do not want teams playing in American leagues. Like, I think yeah. ultimate, ultimately, they want, they want, they're trying to build a pyramid, and the, the best way is grassroots up, and that hasn't happened or hasn't yeah. been able to happen. You look at, like, so now they're Rovers, they have a three-year commitment to PDL, so they can't come out of PDL for three years. Right, uh, except for the fact that I think the CSA could probably do something about that. Yes, but I think, but I then think, they lose money, so that th- not well, the best for soccer. Then but, where do all these guys play in the summer? No, no, but I think I think this is a this could be a temporary thing, where they do this until they have yes. the other things sorted yeah. out. Yeah, they, they can't so they stop teams doing this till they have something a reserve league yeah. or a division. But no, 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 or no. a tier one league in BC. You, you're you're right. They they shouldn't. But they can. They can, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like they'd lose a lot of faith from me if if they did that. No, but they, there's the other thing is like if. If people are doing things that are not for the betterment of the game in Canada, should not the CSA be the ones who say, that's not for the betterment of the game. Yeah, you have to do what's yes, for the betterment of the how game. Would, how would keeping a team going and giving Canadian players a chance to play in the summer... When, when there's no other league to, to set no, no, I, I, Yeah, I hear yeah, you saying. How's that not bettering the game? And that's what they're, and that's what they're doing. They're, yeah. starting, they're starting a league, and they're starting a league that they're saying they want to yeah. have multiple levels to. Well, Calgary Foothills in the PDL... Going for the championship this year, along with TSS Rovers, in town on Friday night, and I got a, a chance to speak to Tommy Fielding Jr. But before the game, really good chat with him. We chatted a bit before and after this interview as well. So it's a fifteen-minute interview we're going to bring with you with him just now, just talking about Cavalry FC, what he's hoping for, Canadian soccer development, and a lot more. So let's hear now from Tommy. <laughs> So, Tommy, thanks thanks so much for joining us. Uh, I know, super busy for you right now with everything that's going on. Just take you back just a couple of weeks. What were the emotions like to finally be able to announce Cavalry FC to the world? Well, it was like um, when you've been keeping things to yourself, because there was things I could share with my intimate family. There was things I couldn't even say to friends or, or public and people I had good relationships with. I had to skirt around a lot of things. So, actually... I probably had my best night's sleep after the launch of the Cavalry <laughs> because uh, we shared it, it was public, it was in the public domain, we could no longer skate around it and it was, it, was, uh, it was brilliant because it's a lot of great work by a lot of great people that have come to this point. It's been probably two to three years in the making and it was, uh, it's going to be exciting. We've got a lot of work ahead but it's, uh, it's exciting times. Now, 
you've been involved with Foothills for so many years. Is there kind of like tinge of sadness as well, kind of having to leave that behind? I know you're excited mm. by the new project, but leaving what you've built behind must be tough. Yeah, it is. It, it does feel a part of you. I, listen, I, uh, I met my wife when I was at Foothills. My, my kids have come through there. Um, it, it, it helped me be the person I am, be the coach I am, be the leader I've become. Um, so yeah, there is a tinge of sadness. I'm fortunate that I get to build a great relationship with them. There's going to be a strategic partnership where we're training facilities and some of the coaching aspects to it to, to support what's, what's lying ahead. So with that, I know I'm leaving it in a better place. Um, we, we had our legacy night, which is our annual fundraiser this, this past weekend. So literally just over a week after we unveiled the cavalry and I got to hand over the keys to Leon Hapgood and Leon's been my right hand man for 10 years and being a big part of the success as well so in a way I'm proud of him as a best mate as well that he gets to now lead and and, 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 and get so so there is an element of pride as well as there, there will be my last day when it finishes in the fall there'll be a sadness there'll be you know a quiet moment with a few of my closest friends because I've got a great staff there but um, there's also an element of pride with with for them and what they get to do too. Is the plan for Foothills then to have like the academy? Is this going to feed into cavalry? Yeah. Um, and are you still planning on having the the PDL team for next season? Yeah, we'd love to. I've, um, I'm a big fan of the uh, PDL system. I think it's brilliant for um, developing players because you get your best university players that are pursuing that pathway. You, you've seen the amount of success rate was at 70 percent of. Uh, the, those that get in the MLS draft have played NCAA and PDL. It's a, it's a great breeding ground, competitive as hell, um, and it's uh, yeah, it's good. So we want to keep it as part of our pathway. It's a, it's a great farm system, and um, yeah, I mean what, what Foothills has got already. It's it's got a great infrastructure. It's got great staffing and a great history of players, as you know, with Charlie Trafford, Owen Argus, Kevin McKenna's, Sam Adakubis that keep coming through. I want to do that, but we've said, and I've been very public with this. Um, it's not an exclusive club. The it's going to be inclusive for everyone so those that have that aspiration of helping get their kids into the program uh, my door is going to be wide open to develop it and and we want to work together it's got to be a, a team for the for the city and, and that's the intention now you obviously love the city mm-hmm. yeah you came here to play for the storm in 2002 <laughs> did you ever go back or did you did you stay here stayed here and funny enough i got sent off here in 2003 <laughs> on the home opener against the white caps <laughs> so memories for yeah. you yeah. I mean, what is it about the city then that made you decide to stay and like call it home? Good question. I'm, I'm sure you've probably got a similar story. I think the people, the place, the opportunity. Um, and I came and I, and I just took a whim because I was in the game and then I came out of the game at 19, went back to university, did a degree, worked, played semi-pro and had an opportunity to come out, did a bit of coaching and the owner offered me a job to play and coach. And then after it folded, I just thought... I'm not sure, I knew I was never going to be a Premier League player. Um, I had other offers to go around the USL, but something about Calgary, and honestly the people were authentic, the place was brilliant, and I, I could see the opportunity to help grow things. The kids I was coaching in the summer camps were just enthusiastic, great athletes, and were just eager to work. So uh, that's what I've, I've, I've spent my time doing. So for the past 10 or 11 years since it, since it folded, was just help create an infrastructure, push boundaries, develop things, and... And there's no better way to, to, to show your opinion than create a system. And what you've done with the team this year, you, you clearly have built it with an eye to the CPL because you knew that you were going in. Mm. What kind of competitive advantage do you think that's going to give you for next year? Because obviously none of these guys, mm-hmm. I assume, are signed for yeah, CPL because no. nothing's out yet. But it must give you a chance that other clubs haven't got to look over these guys and play against mm-hmm. guys in the PDL to know who you want to have in your team. Yeah, and I think what, what the, there's going to be some element of um, parity 
with, with, with the league, the way they do some type of draft system. It's yet to come out, but I know the discussions are there. Um, for us, you know, I, I can't take all of them. Um, yeah. So, so listen, if 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 I if I have a handful of them, and then a few others have a couple here, there, and there, then I think I've done my job to help the landscape of Canadian soccer. That's that's why we do it. So, if lads go back to their home market um, and the local lads stay with me, then that's that's great. Uh, that I'll have helped contribute to the cause because essentially while we're going to be competitors on the field we have to collaborate off the field and do what's right for the game here and I think that's how we're going to grow the league but um, I did make it a mission and I made this a mission when I started this four or five years ago with the PDL to develop local homegrown players and when we went on our run in 2016 to the final it was with a bunch of local players and a core of those guys are still with me today so uh, that's what we want to keep trying to do and that's what our pathway is about. Talk about that that run in 2016. You were so close. Oh. I remember watching the final as well, hoping you guys were going to do mm. it. What, it was such a fitting end to, mm. to win it this year. Mm. Is that in the back of the mind the whole time that you want to go out with a bang, you want to win that, that championship, bring another PDL title to Canada? Yeah, we'd love to. I mean, you look at it. Yeah, KW won it in 2015. We were in the final in 2016. And last year, Thunder Bay Chill were in it. So yeah. it's neat, really, when you think about it, Mike, and there's been, what, 74 clubs across North America um, in the PDL. That shows that there's talented clubs in, in Canada. So long-winded answer to your question, absolutely we'd love to win it. We, we approach every game, this one included, that we want to win. So I think that's how you have to change opinion and belief and believe that you can and set a game plan. And if somebody's better than you on the day, so be it. But you, you, you're in it to win it. And we've, uh, we've always approached every single game that way and we, we've created a culture like that. And that's, um, that's how we're going to create this season as well, no different. Now with Cavalry, I mean, you look at the crowds that you're getting at Foothills and they're, they're not great, but I mean, for, for lower-level football, it's what you kind of mm-hmm. expect. The problem I've always had, or the, the doubts I've had about the Premier League in Canada is, are the fans going to come out and watch it? Do you think that the crowds across Canada are going to get out, or is it maybe going to be niche markets that have really good crowds? There'll definitely be the latter. There'll be some niche markets that have some better atmosphere than others. But what I do see is um, the membership drive's been great. So yeah. within uh, what two weeks, we've hit over 515 memberships, and each of those memberships can have up to eight season passes and that's not even hitting corporate um, I think what the difference this year Mike with, with, with the CPL versus PDL PDL is still a minor league um, yeah. it's for the up and comers it's the WHL equivalent in, in hockey um, the CPL is going to be uh, it's a premier league it's a professional league it's a tier one league um, and I think when people buy into that they want to see pro sports so like the CFL has got its own crowd it's not the NFL it's CFL it's Canada's own I see people now people are talking about it and we've got you know another um, what 10 months or so until we we launch it and um, I'm seeing feeling the reactions and it's uh, it's going to be exciting I I think the crowds are going to surprise us and I think there's some really good modest ones where you look at Halifax you look at ours um, you look at the rumors there with Victoria where it'll start off at five to seven thousand that's like the lower leagues in Europe make it intimate because you don't want it to be a soulless bowl if you if you if we opened up at McMahon Stadium with that same crowd it would lose its uh, appeal but in Spruce Meadows because it's a wonderful event place if we can get five to 7,000 people there it's going to feel like it's 20,000 people It looks such a great setup that you've got and Alberta just seems such a hub just now for, for soccer the Whitecaps have had so many players from Alberta over the years mm. what is it about the province that's producing these guys? Yeah, you know what we haven't had a, 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 a pro franchise for many years yeah. um, 
But say Alberta produces technically players, and maybe it's in large part to the indoor game. We play indoor for six months and outdoor for three. It's it's weird. So when we come to BC, we find that the guys strike a better ball. It's very English, uh, Scottish, you know, where they're clean ball strikers, whereas our guys are good in tight spaces and good technicians. So um, I, I think it's going to be a, a, another case of there's going to be a place for Albertan players to aspire towards, whether, mm-hmm. you know, if, if FC Edmonton come out of the woodwork again and rise from the ashes, which we're all hoping, and we've got the cavalry, um, you'll see more Albertan players come and now they won't have to leave to pursue their pro career. We'd be more than that open because we know it's going to be um, an export league. Most most leagues in the world are unless you're the top four like in Italy, Germany, England, Spain. It'd be great to be able to produce some Albertan players and then send them overseas. Talking about Edmonton Dryson, obviously you're an Everton fan, you know yeah. about Derby, so yeah. it would be so special to have an Alberta mm-hmm. Derby there's been some talk that long term they see maybe even having four teams in BC mm. how many teams do you think Alberta could support? Good question I mean the Edmonton Calgary one is is, is phenomenal we did that Al Classico and it was their academy and some of their alumni and at Clark Stadium they had like three and yeah. a half thousand and it was brilliant because that's what people people were more in, invested in the derby of the Battle of Alberta or the Al Classico as the supporters have called yeah. it than they have been when Miami or Puerto Rico came to town. So it just shows you that's what Canadian fans want is a rivalry. For me, I would love to be in a place where, say, Red Deer joined the party and, and a town like that where you know, you're getting five and 6,000 people to go watch a game in Red Deer or even Lethbridge. Um, I think it has the capacity to do that. That's the wonderful thing about the Canadian Premier League is it's going to inspire a lot of people, inspire a lot of business people and sports people. And who knows? I mean, if you can get four teams in there, then brilliant. I don't know if you can answer this, but obviously the Whitecaps just now, they've got a massive catchment area mm. across Canada. So they've got all their academy centres and there's, there's ones in Alberta. Is the Canadian Premier League going to, let's say, that's our catchment area now? Like, Are you going to get the pick of Alberta talent? Well, listen, I think it's... Every club should have a right to their own doorstep. Yeah. Otherwise, that's you know brand confusion, number one. Um, you, you want to support... If, you, if you're creating homegrown talent give them a place to play we've got no problem and if our top players are playing in the CPL and they've got 40, 50 professional appearances under the belt and then Whitecaps say well you know what we need a left winger well great we'll take him and we'll say Ali Moussi now, that now has been with us two seasons yeah. if he starts playing and he's scoring goals great buy him back he just needed an opportunity we got no problem at that level I think every area should have the rights to their, to their own catchment area and uh, th- that's what I, I would foresee happening down the line that's good Totally, I totally agree with that. Like loan deals, mm. has it been discussed in the league what might happen with loan deals from the MLS teams? Because obviously the Whitecaps don't have a mm. USL team anymore. I know they would be maybe keen to put someone with Ottawa this year with Daniel Henry. Mm. Is that anything that's been discussed? Uh, no, but I imagine it's any type of FIFA ruling where you know MLS players have gone to the UK. You know, I always remember as an Everton fan, Landon Donovan coming across, David yeah. Beckham going to PSG. I feel that it'll be an open market system where you're able to act within the confines of FIFA's rulings. Um, I think that's big of what Canada Soccer want, what CONCACAF would want, and essentially what FIFA. So I foresee it happening because if we're in the market and we want to give players uh, some, some minutes, then I'm sure down the line there'll be some strategic collaborations to achieve that. The, the travel that you've had in PDL, in some ways it's not that far because you're kind of like you play a couple of games there in Oregon, you've maybe got the ferry to Victoria, which you might still have. But I know it was expensive mm-hmm. and then you had to kind of meet some of the costs mm-hmm. of teams coming to play you. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be cheaper now for you across Canada or is it even going to be more expensive now? 
It depends if the league does a deal with a flight company. That's what so, I've been so yeah, and, and and that's not been discussed or, or released so if, if, if the league does one then great imagine a Air Canada or a WestJet that came on board as a, as a sponsor phenomenal because now you're helping support it and that's why you know many other other leagues haven't quite made it the CSL they didn't get that travel right uh, we're fortunate we, we've done it we made a budget for it we created sponsorship and generated revenue to support that um, but I tell you you've got to travel in a country the size of uh, Canada so yeah. we've got to factor that in and I believe the league office is doing that just last thing then, you're so busy just now, what, what do the next three months look like? Obviously you've got the end of this season, but then what, what's your first things on your to-do list? I spoke to Alan Koch during the week about Cincinnati's yeah. to-do list. What's at the top of your to-do list? So, so for me, I want to enjoy the, the, the final summer with uh, Foothills, with the PDL, with the club. Um, I want to say it's, it's great you almost get to do a farewell tour with the people that have, <laughs> yeah. have helped yeah. grow it, right? Uh, so that's a, that's a big one. And then get to understand the constraints of the leagues on how we sign players because, you know, for me, I want to build my technical staff around me because they're, they're the people that I'm going to be in the trenches with. I want to build my scouting infrastructure around me and I want to start building some core players that you can start a, as a group and, and set your identity. That's my to-do list. And then, you know, as the general manager part of it, you know, we've got to get our stadium design right. We've got to get our, you know, our locker rooms. We've got to get our corporate suite. We've got to get those type of things right and, uh, and and connect with the community. That's a big one. Over the World Cup, you know, I want to make appearances into soccer pubs and get to understand the opinions of the fans because at the end of the day, that's one of the reasons why we're doing it. We've got to connect with our fans and I'm sure our friends at the Foot Soldiers will help us do that. Yeah. But there's, there's many other support clubs in, in Calgary and, and our, our job is to connect with them. That's great. Thanks so much for your time today, Tommy. Can't wish you good luck today, but good luck for the rest of the season. Hey, thanks for That's what great. you do. Thanks Appreciate so much, Tommy. You. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> Tommy Wheldon Jr. Always a pleasure to chat with Tommy. I'll have a lot of time for him, what he's done for Canadian soccer these last few years. For an Englishman, he's he's, he's good. <laughs> Got to say that. But a lot of interesting things I felt he said there. One thing which we've gone on about in this show before, the league needs an airline sponsor. Yeah, Not that uh-huh. he said it was a done deal, but he said if someone like, say, WestJet came on... Yeah. It'd be massive have to savings. Do that. Yeah. yeah, the cost cutting that that would be well, for these teams, especially when you're looking at a team in Victoria and this, now. This is one of the reasons why it, you, they needed to be coast-to-coast, coast too. Yeah. Like You need to not just be like, hey, we're in these couple provinces. It needs to be from, from one side of the country to the other. And I still think that when they do, in order to... So the, they're going to have to do this a couple times. When a Halifax team comes to... Uh, the West, they're going to have to play in a week, Victoria, Calgary, Edmonton, and then return back to well, Halifax or something yeah, like I that. Yeah, I would hope that Because you can't a, make that many trips games. back and forth. Yeah. yeah. They have to be, it's not ideal. No. It's not ideal, but you're right. The, the first, the, the first the thing, season... Like, just before we get into that, like talking... I was talking to Will Cromack after the game today and the video is going to be up tomorrow on our YouTube channel about his mass rotation. There was 10 players yeah. changed from the TSS game. He said... They've looked at all the research and players playing twice in a three-day period is a no-no yeah. for their bodies. Boy, the residency so, plays like twice in two exactly. days. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, you're thinking then CPL, you don't, ideally you don't want them. It makes sense. A Friday but and a same, Monday? Yeah, at the same time it doesn't. No, I no. wouldn't say do it the same weekend. I mean, maybe play a midweek game yeah. and then play and the weekend game. And then they've got hotel costs and everything as well for I think days. that's cheaper than traveling back. I don't know. And, yeah, oh. I know it's cheaper. Mm. I would think. 
per, yeah, per person. It's got to be cheaper. But you could be looking but at three extra days hotel. Billet families. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's... What's the point of having supporters if they can't open up the doors and couches? And then they, you could wake them up in the middle of the night, especially if they're team they're playing against your team. Oh, yeah. Just go <laughs> pots and pans. Fireworks off. <laughs> it's like Panama up in here. Let's go. <laughs> in your own house. <laughs> that was a reference to when Canada played Panama. And I, I, you remember I, that? I got that, yeah. Yeah, were you sure yeah. who was there? Any yeah. team that plays Panama. You you had some poll things you were going to oh, go over, right. Steve. Um, a couple of questions Wait, we had that we were going to talk no, about the last Saint one. Not, not, not the same poly polls? No, you don't want to talk about I had that. an interesting <laughs> chat about that. You're, you're I'm surprised interview. you guys didn't know about this story, but oh, who cares? Well, we um, don't care. We don't look at as much <laughs> dodgy <laughs> stuff on the internet, actually. It's the football team you guys support in Germany. Delete your browser history. We were asked, everybody, how surprised... How surprised were you to learn that Victoria will get a CPL team before the Fraser Valley? Um, about half said somewhat. Um, a quarter said nothing will shock me with the CPL. Twenty percent already. Around twenty percent said wait, what happened? So they didn't even know about it. And then um, communications. About, or just over five percent said they were very surprised that this happened. Um, how likely will you support a CPL team in Victoria until CPL comes to Fraser Valley? This was surprising. I thought there'd be more support. 45%, about 45% said none. We'll wait for a local club. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming they're I, just... I'm in that. Yeah, they're not just going to support, but... Wait, but, you were the, are you the same guy who said, hey, Victoria, CPL, hire me a couple weeks ago? A week gonna, ago? You yeah. have to rethink that. <laughs> Two weeks ago? If they hire me, <laughs> I might be slightly different. But Halifax is going to be my team in year one until we get a team here. Right. Support um, local football, as my T-shirt says. Yeah. Support yeah. your local team, uh, the, Halifax. One, the one on the other coast. Scotland. <laughs> um, less, just under 40% said a little. We'll watch from afar. About 10% said somewhat. We'll watch some and make a few trips. And then about around 5% said very likely we'll need to get my sea legs ready for the ferry rides. I, I will definitely go over and check out a game or two. Oh yeah, like I, I'm pretty sure we'll have at least at least one season ticket in our house, maybe more. You got to get the Curvan out. The cur- yeah, Curvan two. The Curvan Wait, two. The Curvan two. Oh, I forgot about that. Curvan yeah, Curvan two. two. It's on the road. Last thing in this section, just read a tweet we got from Greg Petrie. He says, Why "I not? have long We're had my doubts <laughs> about the Canadian PL. The BC situation seems to be a mess. Ownership jumping cities, stadium issues, local owners edged out, but the league is desperate to get a team here." It's everything that causes me to have doubts about this league confirmed. Yeah, okay, but the thing about the local local owners aren't edged out. It's those local owners, I don't think, have the ability to be in a, in, a, in a league of this level. That, that's it's 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 that's something different. The other thing is, and we didn't talk about this before, Michael, but you, you got you have to think the long term play for CPL in the province of British Columbia is Island, Okanagan, Fraser Valley, and at some point. North of the Fraser, north of the Fraser River, yeah, right? lower mainland. You got to think they're thinking at least four teams. Anyway, we've got one more part to go, so stay for that because wavelengths coming up. You don't want to miss that, and we'll be back with that after this. I'm David Edgar, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to the super long and extended 
AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio. It's like uh, one of those uh, comic books that used to come out once a year. It's like the big annual. Yes. So it's considered this, this the big annual. This is the annual? Yeah, I, I guess so. I, I think it, it's good that we get Super-sized. to move up to nine o'clock some weeks. It's bad because my structure just goes out the window and we just go super long. We've lost our shape. And we have. We're getting clobbered by the clock. We're going yes. three, five, two. That's not good. <laughs> it feels like it, doesn't it? But anyway, now it's my favourite time of the show, so it's been worth hanging around. BC Soccer Event Lines! <laughs> <laughs> it's wavelength time, and it's kicking off a month and a bit, maybe two months, of World Cup wavelength. This is with a bit of a twist. It's not about a World Cup song. It's a Euro song. So football's not coming home? No. But, it, well, it's from 1996, so it is the Euros. Um, I just wanted to use this because I just like the song now. It's Black Grape. It's called England's Irie. And you might not know the song, but you might know a bit of a riff because it's used in a lot of soccer soccer shows. It's also probably the only song that rhymes lactating with spectating. And fun fact, just before you start this, Steve, it was written by Keith Allen, who had big hits with World in Motion with New Order for the 1990 World Cup and the classic Vindaloo in 1998. Nice. This was Black Grape. Black Grape was the, the group that Sean Ryder formed after the Happy Mondays. Now, Sean Ryder, bit of a druggie, not always with it when he's recording. Happy, happy Mondays might have been happy a clue. Happy Mondays, yep. So Keith Allen did a backing track to kind of give him an idea of what he was meant to sing. So he was doing his impression of Sean Ryder, kind of talking a little bit like that and stuff. But they just left his version in because it was better than Sean's. <laughs> so when you hear the bit, it's meant to be Sean Ryder, but it's actually Keith Allen. This is England's Irie by Black Grape. Okay, now some of this may sound stupid to some of you guys, but I want you to hear me out. Now look, you know, different people think about life in different ways. Lawyers think life is a big courtroom. Doctors probably think life is like a big operation. Bus drivers think life is uh, a big bus, I guess. Who knows what the hell those guys think. Yeah. Anyway, I always thought of life as a big football game. I got goals. You get, I get the balls. Got the trigger, I fire like this. Got the trigger, I fire like this. Got the trigger, I fire like this. Got the trigger, I fire like this.
Irie by Black Grape there from 1996. It was a song for the Euros. We're going to be building up to World Cup wavelength over the, the next month and a half. Got some really good Scottish World Cup songs coming up. It's the only way we're going to be represented in the World Cup this year. <laughs> but now it's time for BC Soccer Web Headlines. BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com, your one-stop site for news, links and everything else you could want for local, national, international and galactical soccer. Hey, you better be careful there. It looked like you were about to motion for the bar and that, that'll now get you a booking. Oh, spoiler, Zach. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Damn. <laughs> okay, anyway, so what's been catching your eye in the site this week, Steve? So we will get to that in a second. First of all, uh, a couple of one follow up. Uh, Swiss federal judge clears Peru captain to play at World Cup. The warrior is back. Mm. Paulo Guerrero. It's it, they basically noted that uh, that it they, was only Kikin. Huh? It was only Kikin. <laughs> they basically uh, they they noted it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be fair to the other teammates that he wasn't there. Like they were, <laughs> they mentioned the judge mentioned that. Um, they also mentioned that the. A letter signed by the captains of the Peru's uh, three people in their group, uh, France, Denmark, and Australia. They uh, they mentioned that, you know, they said that he should play. So it was some uh, player solidarity. Um, Bizarre. Sometimes I try not often to have uh, perspectives that contradict each other. But in one sense, this feels really, really stupid, right? Like if you're, they're they're basically saying, you can play in the tournament, we're going to deal with your appeal after, and then you might be banned more later. So it feels kind of. They probably it retire feel, after the World it Cup feels, for international play. It feels ridiculous, but at the same time, I'm really happy that Jose Paulo Guerrero is going to be at the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, probably his one chance to maybe be there. So, in that regard, yeah, it's nice he's there, but it's still the whole thing's been farcical. The VAR you were talking about this before, um, IFAB, uh, the IFAB, IFAB has uh, basically come and. Um, got some rule changes and I think it's going to be set for the World Cup if I'm not mistaken. 
they basically are the big one that came out is that if anybody does the uh, excessively does the um the TV gesture to the referee to, to yeah. ask for VAR basically yeah. that they would get a yellow card. Well, that's what it's meant to be now. And for, when you well, signal you a when card, you signal a yellow, yellow card, yeah. And also if you crowd the referee while he's at the TV uh, viewing oh. it, you'll get a yellow card for that. That's obvious. Yeah, that should be obvious. I can't wait to see that. Someone's going to do that. Well, again, the Philadelphia game today. Other competition rules: uh, electronic devices are permitted in the technical area for coaches' tactics, uh, for coaching Selfies. tactics, to play for wherever. Instagram. No, so they can watch the replay. Mm. Oh, <laughs> biting is included as a direct free kick and sending <laughs> off offense. The Luis Suarez. And drink breaks should not exceed one minute and must be accounted for in stoppage time. Go look it down. Go look it down. So uh, we talked about last week also the Chelsea owner. Uh, oh yes, yeah. Roman. Uh, uh, he basically Lynch, will never. Abramovich. He's not going to miss. He's not going to miss another World uh, FA Cup final. No, never. Because he's Chelsea become. Are a, never going to make it again. No, because he's become a citizen of Israel. Yes. Um, as per his birthright, uh, and uh, uh, Israel, Israel, not birthright, but as a returner <laughs> oh, from okay. somewhere else. I confused me as well. Oh, uh, sorry, I meant to say returner. Well, he was born Jewish, so I'm assuming it's a birthright to go back to Israel. Yeah, he's born in Russia. And, uh, yeah, he's claiming born he's as Jewish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> claiming um, his Israeli heritage. Yeah. I, I had a really good Frankie Boyle joke. Too. Okay, no, we're no, going to skip that. Please, no, please, please, Michael, please, we're no. already running. Please, no. <laughs> Uh, and he can travel to Britain now with uh, without a visa for sh- up to six months. Premier League is set for a mid-season break, claims the FA chief executive, but nothing's been confirmed of when it's going to happen during the winter. It's got to be after Christmas. You, can, you can't win the Christmas. Oh, no, no. I mean, everyone loves... It, it'll be January. Yeah. It, yeah and the problem in the UK, though, is the weather's just so weird. We've had snow in Scotland in April and May. There was an East Fife game that was called off for waterlogged pitch in July. You don't know that's, what that's the like, going to be. That's like snow in Edmonton in May. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't expect that. Who would make a trip to Edmonton to watch football in May anyway? Uh, the Kanifa Con- World Cup has kicked off in London. Yes. Yeah. Group up, stages up are the over. Well, some of the yeah. group stages. The du- up, up the Dugs? The Dugs. Cascadia. The Dugs? The, the, the tree? The Douglas oh, the Dug. Douglas Farr. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking, because we pronounce dogs in Scotland as Doug. Oh. Hey, look at that Doug. I'm thinking... A dog-related no. thing. Well, he's not from Scotland, no. Zach. Are you not? No. no. You've got the build of a Scottish guy. <laughs> um, uh, and a diet of one as well. The champions will be crowned on June 9th. Fried Mars bars every day. <laughs> Some of the uh, non-recognized countries, uh, Northern Cyprus, Tibet, Cascadia, Cascadia <laughs> and a few others. And Cascadia today got the result. 6-0. Six six nil. Nil. Over who? And, uh, it starts with a T. That's all. Tibet? No. 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 They, they beat someone beginning with B the other day as well. <laughs> and then they, but they're through. They lost against someone beginning with E. It oh. turned out just to be the Isle of Man. That really yeah, it was the Isle of Man. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Four, well, that was a 4-1. Yeah, so 6-0. They're going through to yeah. the knockout stages. Lost, to, lost to E, beat B, and beat T. Crushed T. Crushed T. Iced T. Iced T. I think we've exceeded the appropriate amount of time. So I, I don't, I'm trying to work out a chai tea joke here. <laughs> Nigeria has sold out their kit. Three million pre-orders yeah, ahead really of the quick. England friendly. And there was a lineup at the flagship uh, store in London around the block as well, in addition to the online sales. My complex manager, who I talked about earlier, has been desperately trying to get a Serbian strip. And it's impossible so far for him to get it in time. Yeah, I've heard people talking about how they can't get their kit in their size anymore. I'm still waiting to see the Scotland World Cup kit. <laughs> Keep waiting, my friend. 
Keep waiting. 2026. We talked about FC in Cincinnati earlier. Their inclusion, according to Don Garber, has no effect on the Columbus crew mm. in oh. MLS. What he, else is Don Garber going to say? A couple of things he said, his quotes. What, what, else, what, else is, <laughs> what else is U.S. Soccer Hall of Famer in the builder category going to say? We said He talked about Cincinnati. <laughs> his quote about Cincinnati, he said, we believe in this city. We believe in the state of Ohio. I was so a big fan of that, WKRP growing up. <laughs> And I myself have chucked frozen turkeys out of a window. Well, that's a good, out of a window or a helicopter? Helicopter. It was a helicopter. Yeah. Um, and then uh, he also talked about when he asked about Columbus. He says we're trying, we're going to try to do everything we can to come up with a solution that makes sense for everyone. NASL president or whatever he is, I'm not sure exactly the title. Rocco Comisio. Um, has been his proposal has been denied by U.S. Soccer. Shock. Yeah. Um, he's not giving up the fight though. He's going to keep in it. He's going to up the up the ante. Yeah. His quote it's a was real rocky story. His quote was in the end not even five hundred million offer squarely in line with USSF's stated mission of promoting the growth and development of soccer in all its recognized forms in the United States could break Amos's stranglehold over our federation. That was his direct quote. I I support what he's trying to do. It seems futile, so they shouldn't just give up because something seems futile, but it's just something about it just doesn't sit comfortably with me. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I, I hear you, but at the same time, when you know what MLS is and how they function and some of the things they've done, oh yeah, it's hard not to cheer for someone who's going against them. So, something we, like, talking about Cincinnati and everything like that, something we never talked about is what the makeup is going to be eventually of the, the conferences. Now, you'd think Cincinnati are going to automatically slot into the east take columbus's spot yeah but (laughs) (laughs) so i don't want that to happen no at some point though what are they like chicago's now looking like the further east furthest east team so if they get so many teams in the east they may end up being in the west it's just nashville who knows it is slightly further east though than chicago so uh canada was in the toulon tournament yeah, was it's was. T- hey, it's oh, sorry, I spoiled it. <laughs> oh, I hadn't heard the results. So today? yeah, I'll tell you what the results. Oh. So this week, um, they basically. Wait, I thought they advanced. They, they the qualified. I let you know what happened. Relax. Okay. I've been so busy today. I so missed. what happened was they are in. This, this is too long already. This, I know. So if you guys let me talk, then we'll, we'll get this through too, this. Too long. <laughs> so there's. Uh, uh, oh, I get that now. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um Canada was in a group with Japan, Portugal, and Turkey, uh, Turkey and it was considered a hard group, mm-hmm. the hardest of all. Zero zero against Portugal. Zero zero against Portugal. They beat uh, Turkey. Turkey with a goal from Noah Verhoeven. <laughs> and then they played Japan today. They drew Japan one one. Yes. So they, uh, but what happened was Turkey beat Portugal two one. Yes. Uh, Turkey finished on top of the group. Canada finished second. Only four teams advance. I so top the top the top teams in each uh, uh, group and the best second place team. The best second place team was England. So, <laughs> sorry, my, but my so, the, so the so just to you know, wait, well, the I, knockout the knockout stages games are because uh, uh, England finished with seven points. Uh, actually, France finished with six points, and Scotland then and then Canada. Canada beat, finished with five points. So that's they were the third best. Oh, I thought player. I heard they'd gone through. No. I had said they had as well. Well, I'm telling you, it's not true. Thanks. For um, sorry, I was reacting. They, Michael was really excited. Then so he heard the, England went through. In the knockout really stages, it is Mexico versus Turkey. And it is England versus Scotland. 
So that will be a big oh. match. Canada has one more game to play for fifth place. They will be playing France. Oh, on June 7th. that That's classification what stage yeah. is what I read. So they will which be, I took to mean the top four. Yeah. So they'll be either finishing fifth or sixth in this tournament, which is pretty decent. France, I'm, France is a pushover at the U20. Well, it's, it's kind of their home U, country. U21, U23, yeah. I forget. I'm on Scotland. Yeah, that, that should be a big game on Scotland beat France. Oh, then France is easy. Yeah. <laughs> Most of their young players are probably at the um, World Oliver Cup. Oliver Burke. So, next one. Up the Tartans. A, a nice He's story. in Germany. Actually, don't up the Tartans. That sounds not, not right. Up the Kilts. Nice story um, out of Camrose, uh, Alberta. Um, they have a thing called Midnight Soccer. Have you ever been to Camrose? No. It's a wonderful place. My buddy of mine uh, got married there. Beautiful little... It's near Banff, isn't it? That's Canmore. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it started about... Tw- Damn, I thought I just suddenly worked out geography. Again, trying to get done before 12. Um, <laughs> they started about 20 years ago uh, playing midnight soccer, basically starting at midnight, uh, which is obviously why we call it midnight soccer, ah. um, with 12 teams, ages 16 to 18. Th- those were the age groups. This year, which is their 20th year, they had 11, 111 teams from wow. across Alberta, one from Saskatchewan, one from Manitoba. Um, Three-day event, the, the age groups were from U17 to U11. And they just play at night, in the middle of the night? It's Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Those three, the, oh, So Friday night, like basically Thursday night into Friday, and it ended this morning, I'm assuming. So it doesn't just, sound, doesn't sound just, healthy for the children. No. It's, oh, if, it's, if, it's, if it's one weekend, it's not that big of a deal. I wouldn't, I wouldn't write home about it. Uh, Plus, it gives a big, big advantage to vampires. Yeah. As someone, as someone who does all nighters with students, that I'm sure that they're. They're uh, okay I'm sure they're. I'm, I'm sure they slept during the day. Yeah. You, you might want to elaborate. By no, like do all that. night, all night youth events where you like go to a, like you know a, a place in. <laughs> the look on your face. No, you go to a place like the, in Langley. You go to the Great Escape, and you like you're you play laser tag and mini golf and arcade games and. Uh, sky oh, trek fun. in the ceiling. Yeah, it's, good awesome. it's great times. So World Cup 20... We should do an AFTN midnight. <laughs> we are almost thing. there. We yeah. could have if we started at 11. World Cup 2026 news. FIFA calls for 2026 World Cup candidates for meeting in Zurich. Um, basically, um, they, they, they dealt out the scores. Uh, United yes. bid. And Morocco did pass with a 2.7 rating. They needed two. They got 2.7. Teenagers are also our future. I, I can't believe Morocco passed. I, I so thought that this Marco was... Marco or Morocco? Morocco. Yeah, you said Marco there. Did I? Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're obsessed with him. Oh, M- Marco Carducci, he would pass. No I think problem, United but... got a 4.1 point. I can't I remember. That was four. Yeah, some of four. But around the four Everything mark. was marked where it was high risk, low risk, medium risk. But wasn't and... this the whole thing that they were going to fail this thing? Well, that was the rumor. But I think they would have been outraged if they'd kicked them out. So, so, so there's the going to be there's going to be a vote. There's definitely going to be a vote. So they've done the oh, best, second best thing where they've really downgraded them by saying they're two point seven compared to yeah. the four that. Uh, so my did. my uh, the the BC provincial government is stopping Canada from getting the World Cup, or the BC government is stopping the World Cup from being in, in, in Vancouver. It's going to be one of those two things. So I guess it's still up in the air. Uh, but Morocco has is still fighting. Um, they're saying, uh, their quote was, uh, that th- in another article that they're saying that their tournament would be almost European. So they're kind of <laughs> going to the European side. Selling saying, it hard. Same, same, uh, you know, time zone. Um, uh, the people, it'd be an easy trip for the people in Europe to come over to Morocco and, and basically selling it that way and trying to get the votes that way from Europe. That makes sense. It's going to be tight. One thing that helps, I don't know if it's going to help. 
I'm not sure. Is it going to be telecast? Does, does anyone know? Is yes. it live? It was always going to be telecast. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, either online, for sure. Okay. Um, FIFA uh, lifts the ban on Guatemala ahead of the 2026 vote. They've oh, been, FIFA's trying to help out the United They've been suspended since October 20, uh, 2016. Yeah. Uh, because their um, government stepped in, right? The government stepped yeah. in or something like that. Um, final story, Canada Soccer announces their Canadian ambassadors for the United 2026 bid. Um, you got Patrice Bernier, Julian de Guzman, Jason DeVos, Dwayne de Rosario, Carola Lang, Karina LeBlanc, and Paul Salteri, the Diesel. The Hall of Famer is called the Diesel? Was his nickname the Diesel? I've never heard that. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. I could have sworn <laughs> I heard that somewhere. This is just your name for him. That's I think cool. you That's guys cool. you guys have forgotten a lot over the years of what's going on. You saying about John Terry? <laughs> no. <laughs> maybe Paul Stoll Terry was called because he had a right engine on him. The diesel. I don't know. I don't know. I've never ever heard that for him. But Yeah, he's referred to as Diesel. Wow. <laughs> on Wikipedia? No, on Wiki, Waking the Red article. Oh, there, oh. there you go. There you wow. go. You guys I don't do I don't do a lot of waking the red. You guys like uh, second guessing, but usually you're wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just base everything on your pronunciation. <laughs> Diesel is not pronounced right? Diesel he is, I believe is what it is. Diesel, he's German. Uh what do you think what do you think about those seven? I think we need to wrap these up soon. Really? We need to we need to wrap up. Hey, what do you think about those seven? They're fine. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Legends of it'll, the game. I, the, it'll confuse them because the uh, the uh, De Guzman, DeVos, and De Rosario has felt like to- just the as three guys as, were dead. As, just as long as Dero doesn't turn up somewhere and starts to write on his checkbook in his or mind. he does that dance of the goal celebration thing. He doesn't walk in doing that. We could have had him here as a white cap. We could have during Martin Rennie's days. Yeah, there was a deal on the table to bring Dero here along with Perry Kitchen. This is the Darren Maddox. Yes. Yeah. Well, wow. that's talk for another day. What stopped that again? I the, can't remember. The show ending. <laughs> we have been a little bit long this week. Oh, no, really? Yeah. Steve's shaking Steve, his head. Steve, are you feeling anxious about the time going on? No, I don't care. <laughs> I'm just like surprised because you guys are the, usually the ones that want to get out of here. But anyway, you have been listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CRTR Radio. Three-hour extravaganza. Do you want more? Okay, no, you don't. Uh, so just before we go then, just let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. For me, it's at Zachary AM and I'm part of the Movement Curve Collective. I am Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read our stuff, AFTN.ca. Lots of stuff on the Whitecaps, Canadian PL, TSS, tons of stuff going up there this week. So check that out. Give us a follow as well on Instagram at AFTN Soccer. Thank you so much for listening. I know it's been a long one. It's been worth it. It's good. Next week, we've got a cracking show in store as well. So tune in then. But until then, thanks for listening. Take care and mourn, everybody. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.
E F T.